Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, the official, unofficial home of the 25th ranked Purdue football team. I can't believe I just said that sentence, but with you as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartlett. And we're here to recap a pretty damn shocking victory over number two ranked Iowa on the road. Um, and not a squeaker of a victory, but a commanding, resounding victory, 24-7, to a game in which Purdue never trailed uh, the entire game, took the lead early 7 to nothing. Iowa came back to tie at 7-7, to but after that, Purdue rattled off 17 straight points and kept Iowa off the scoreboard for the entire of the second half. Um, it, it was just unbelievable. So when you were watching this game, Casey, were you just as in shock as I was? Absolutely. Um, you know, I kind of brought a notepad and a pen to the count. Oh, wow. Sitting back to watch the game, going to take notes. We're halfway through the second quarter. I haven't written a thing because <laughs> I was actually having fun watching a football game. Right. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. I mean, I again, it's the Purdue fan in me, and a, and a lot of people were tweeting at me because I was running the Hammer and Rails Twitter account, too, and they're like, why do I feel so nervous? What is this pit in my stomach? What is happening? What? And then, like, when when Graham missed that obvious interception, everybody was like, oh, that's going to come back to bite us. That's going to be trouble. That's when we lose. When we lose by six, it's going to be terrible. And, you know, everybody in Purdue fandom is just waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it never dropped. And it was 
it was just incredible. I don't think it was it wasn't as exciting to me as the Ohio State game just because that game had so much more offense and big offensive plays and I think those stand out more, but this to me was a more dominating performance than that win against Ohio State. Yeah, those are kind of there was more to the narrative of the Ohio. State. It was also early on in Brom's tenure, so it wasn't it's always surprising when you, you know, just romp a team like we did Ohio's. But we also felt good about that. And we thought, you know, we had a chance. Rondell Moore was incredible. A little bit of magic. We were, we were, we're coming off a loss against Minnesota. Not a very good. We were feeling pretty desolate to watch us just come out right away with three quarterback Hydra. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, Brom's got his fastball. You could kind of just feel it. And then every time, like you said, little things would happen that you thought, Oh, this is going to be a problem. This this is what's going to, Iowa's going to, and Purdue had a response, especially our defense, every single time. Yeah, and it's funny because we talked, I think, two weeks ago on the show about what we thought Purdue needed to do in order to kind of get their season back on track or at least put themselves in a position to have competitive games. And two of the things that I remember us discussing were the defense is probably going to have to make more plays. Uh, they're going to have to get turnovers because the defense has played great. They've they've punched above their weight this entire season, but the offense has been dragging the team down. So we needed the defense to kind of put the offense in good field position to, you know, get short fields, to turn the ball over, maybe get a boost of momentum. And sure enough, in this Iowa game, Purdue walks away with uh, four turnovers. And then the other thing we talked about, Ghost, your your point earlier about Jeff Brown playing three quarterbacks and three quarterbacks in a way that made some semblance of sense. You know, not just, oh, O'Connell gets one series, Plummer gets the next, and then throw in Burton, you know, as a wildcat. There was some rhythm and some flow to the game because we wanted Brom, and we talked about it over and over on this podcast, we wanted Brom to be aggressive. We wanted him to show us the offensive creativity and genius that he was hired for. And I think he did exactly that. He had a game plan coming in. It seems a little weird to say, oh, Peru is going to play three quarterbacks and it's going to work. Uh, but, I, you know, I'll be damned. It, it worked. And it, it was so strange to watch, but it was it was entertaining. And that's what we were looking for. Yeah, it's we haven't had many nights like this for a while after. And we pretty much saw the best of. Everyone on on the field, our defense looks legit. David Bell was nominal. Oh, uh, he he. I don't know what it is about playing against Iowa, but he must hate Iowa for some reason. Well, what's incredible is he's already like what eleven out of fourteen or whatever crazy percentage of his games are a hundred yard receiving games. Yeah, yeah. And he somehow turns it up a notch against. We came into this game. Iowa had the pretty much best running defense, best passing defense in the Big Ten. One of the best. In and David Bell was just, they were terrified of his, and they couldn't hold with him on any routes. And he was just wide open every All single the time. Play. So wide open. I don't know. Like, at what point does Ferentz change his game plan and say, we're going to bracket him. We're going to shade a safety over it. But they didn't seem to change anything because no matter what route, what route um, David Bell ran, he had space all around him and he would make the first guy miss. And suddenly he's turned a six yard route into a 20 or 30 yard reception it was just unbelievable i mean 240 yards on 11 receptions i what a game i mean it, it's it's right up there with the rondale moore game against ohio state yeah he is you know he's 
a receiver that looks different than more, much more polished, you know, gets spots, wide open, great hands. And it's just, yeah, his hands, just incredible. The amount of just cushion that he's able to manifest. It's an easy job to throw Bell the ball. And that really showed whenever O'Connell play, just look towards number three without a Hawkeye anywhere near him. Yeah. It was it was just astounding to me how much how much open field that guy had around him, considering it's not as if he was an unknown receiver who happened to have a great day. You know, I can't remember. It might have been like 2009 and I'm probably getting the year wrong um, when Selwyn Lyman had that unbelievable game against Notre Dame and had over 200 yards and he was highly recruited. He, you know, was supposed to be a great wide receiver for us, but hadn't really done much up until that point. And then he just went completely off against Notre Dame so that you can excuse, but everybody knew going in that David Bell is the top wide receiver on this team, the top offensive player on this squad. And they didn't seem to game plan for him at all. And he just ran rough shot over him the entire game. If you're an Iowa fan, you cannot feel very good about it. No. Ference, you know, however you can say, besides the obvious horrible person and what he's allowed his program and allowed to happen, on the field, he did nothing to counter anything Purdue was doing. It's very, like, we have seen David Bell doubled most and just refused to make any any modifications to try and thwart what was working for Purdue. So Yeah, I... I... I don't know what was going on in that defensive staff if they just thought, you know, stick with our plan. Our plan will work. Just, you know, it might look bad now, but hey, we're only down seven. Hey, we're only down 10. And then suddenly you're down 17 and your team's only got seven. And and you've got to start asking serious questions about what happened on the defensive side of the ball for Iowa. So, uh, I mean, again, hats off to David Bell. Um, somebody said in our mentions on Twitter that uh, David Bell just made himself a lot of money in that game. And I think that's probably true. I mean, I think he was obviously going to get drafted pretty high uh, before that game. But when you do that, to have that kind of performance against a defense that is so highly touted, it is going to have people sit up and notice you even more. So uh, I think this was great news uh, for Purdue, obviously, but great news for David Bell and his future in the NFL. Yeah, that's a, that's a big time game against, you know, as they said throughout the game, he went up against an NFL caliber cornerback and roast. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it was just a beautiful thing to watch. So uh, enough David Bell talk. We've, we've shouted his name to the sky and we'll continue to do it as the year goes on. One thing I have to point out is how great the offensive line played. The offensive line has been a problem for Purdue this entire season. Um, they've not looked good. They, they've had a lot of problems, uh, pass protection and run blocking. Um, it's one reason our run game has been so shoddy. You know, they can't open up those holes, but kudos to them. They gave up just one sack on the game to a, again, a very, very good Iowa defense. Um, they had obviously, um, you know, there were a few quarterback hurries. There were a few times when somebody would get in the backfield, but, um, overall, I think this was the best game the offensive line played on the year. And to add into that, um, we had the great picture uh, of our offensive lineman drinking a beer uh, on the field, which I I don't think you're going to see a more iconic photo uh, from a Purdue football game this year. No, um, let's hope nothing comes of that. (laughs) Yeah, that's why I Um, I do wonder about that, I don't really want to broadcast it or share it anywhere, but it'd be a lot cooler to read about in five years while 
sanctioning could. I mean, I don't think us talking about it's going to have a big issue because the photographer who took it had thousands of retweets on Twitter. So I, I think if anything is going to come, it's going to be because of that guy sharing the picture. Well, I just meant in general, I don't. I, yeah. OK, that's, moving on. Yeah. Moving on. But yeah, I mean, kudos to the offensive line. I mean, if they can play like that for the rest of the year. Uh, it could mean really big things for this offense and could kind of change what we can expect of them. Um, so the the run game from Purdue, still not great, uh, but it was serviceable. Uh, we wound up with 86 yards, and that's when you take away two um, for Aiden O'Connell because, again, he was sacked one time. Uh, he did have a nifty little running touchdown, though. Uh, the first score for Purdue, he found uh, a seam on uh, a first or on a goal to go, so it was on the six, I believe. And he used the ref as kind of an extra blocker. Uh, the ref got in the way of the defender, and he was able to sneak in the end zone. So I thought that was a very heady play on his part. Um, but in addition to King Doru, who had 18 carries uh, for 48 yards, Jack Plummer had five for 20 yards, um, and Austin Burton had three for 10. So Purdue is doing whatever they can to try to get something out of the run game, and I respect that they're trying it. And I, I like that they used guys like Plummer and Burton, who are clearly very athletic, clearly very smart players, but you can only play really, you know, you, you generally only play one quarterback. But if you have those talented guys, you want to find a way to get them in the game. And and this strange wildcat-ish type offense seemed to work. I mean, and also, I mean, Plummer and Burton both threw passes. Uh, Burton's was incomplete, but Plummer was one for two. So you got to keep defenses on their toes. And this kind of strange, as you called it, a three-headed hydra, um, maybe what Purdue does going forward. I'm not sure. I'm sure it's going to be in the package from now on. Um, other teams have seen it now. So theory, you can work off of what they've seen in ad count, right. particularly with Plummer, who we know can throw the, he's not just a gadget guy coming in there. He ran this offense. He knows what, but I think overall, the biggest thing is our pace this game was so much better. And Brom was able to get his guys and playmakers, the ball Milton Wright started off hot. TJ Sheffield had eight catches. Great to see him involved. We know despite what happened at the end zone, which is a bad rule, but also he wasn't close. So sticking that ball out there. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I respect the I respect the hustle. I respect the effort. Um, and it's just unfortunate that he did fumble that ball away and and it hit the pylon. Yeah, it's it's an unlucky break. Um, Brock Tom Thompson had the big catch, drew a couple big passes. Seemed like any time Iowa wanted to get off the off the field, we were able to put them in a disadvantage uh, position. Uh, we saw Peyton Durham out there again, caught five balls, only had 15 yards. But good to see him, you know, kind of break back onto the field. I just thought we did a way better job at getting you know, featuring David Bell, but also getting our playmakers a ball, giving them a chance to work in space, work with tempo. And I really thought that we dominated both sides of the ball this whole game. We haven't even talked about our defense. Right, right. And so I want to finish up with the offense, and then we'll probably take a break and talk about the defense and the special teams. So I think for me, one of the best things about this game truly, I mean, was the fact that so many people did get involved on offense because we know David Bell is the star. We know David Bell is going to get his catches, but Purdue seemed to actually use David Bell to draw defenders to, you know, try to 
to open up the field for the rest of the team. And with Payne Durham back, you know, you have to respect him. So I think having the two of them on the field at the same time kind of makes it a little bit harder. And with Purdue now using Sheffield and Wright a little bit more, it puts more weapons out in that receiving core and makes it that much harder for teams to actually defend everyone. And Sheffield and Wright are both, you know, pretty good talents. And to have them both healthy, to have them both out there on the field is going to make everybody's job a little easier and if Brom can continue to call in you know smart clever um, plays that keep the defense off balance it again it could change the way this offense looks going forward yeah it's really encouraging it really kind of seemed like coach Brom got his mojo back he was implementing and enforcing his game plan and his idea he saw something in those two weeks in Iowa's defense that he could exploit they exploited it Uh, all the players went out there and executed what he needed done. And it was just a great game plan from the start to finish. And we never let off. And that is encouraging to see going forward, not just this season, but in general, because a lot of us, you know, we were, we were watching Brom thinking what's happening here. What, what happened to all the excitement you used to bring? Yeah. And we finally got it back against an incredible defense. Yeah. And somehow with this victory, Jeff Brom is now four and one in his Purdue career against Iowa. I I don't know. It's just whatever he sees against against Iowa and Ference, he he knows exactly what he's doing every time he plays Iowa. So they are now four and one under Jeff Brom uh, against Iowa, and Iowa has been pretty dang good those last five years. So that is a just a strange anomaly of a stat, but. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for the offense. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the defensive side of the ball, probably shining beacon of this Purdue football team. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to Ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday. 
I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we are back to continue our conversation about the. Purdue defeat of number two Iowa. Uh, before we talk about the defense, I do want to throw out some numbers uh, about this victory. So this obviously is the you know second victory over a number two team in recent memory, but um, it is also the first time Purdue has beat a ranked team on the road since 2003, and it is the first victory on the road of a number two team over a number two team since 1974. So it has been quite a while that Purdue has uh, done this kind of uh, butt whooping on a team like that. So pretty great that Purdue could uh, do that. We love to see it. Now let's talk about the defense. Um, The Purdue defense was dominant for nearly the entire game. I mean, they allowed only seven points to Iowa. Granted, as we spoke about last week, Iowa not exactly an offensive powerhouse, but they've been doing enough to get the game uh, when they need it. You know, they just beat Penn State, so they're they're not uh, not a terrible team on offense, but they're not you know world beaters like you might think of with Ohio State. They're they're a steady offense that does what they need to do to win games. Uh, but the Purdue defense, as I said, four turnovers um, against a team that doesn't really turn the ball over and generally wins the turnover battle each and every week. So it it was incredible just to watch it, um, to watch it unfold. You can just see how excited and how ready to play this defense is each and every week. And we joked early in the year about the three coordinators, but whatever their job duties are, they are doing a great job with it, and they're not getting paid enough money. Yeah, uh, it was a top-to-bottom great defensive. We saw everything that we needed and wanted to First of all, Iowa came in two and a half positive turnover per game. We took away the ball four times. They had not turned the ball over pretty much all season. And we did that by constantly attacking, putting them in bad positions. We had uh, 10 tackles for loss, had, I believe, five, nine players involved in those 10 tackles. So that is just just incredible. Just everyone swarming to the ball at all times. Yeah. And that means the quarterback's got to look everywhere because the defender could be coming from anywhere at him. And we had, like I said, the four interceptions, three extra pass, and then six quarterback hurries, three of them George Karloftis got on the sack board finally. He's not going to have the number of as talented as he is, but, you know, he was a constant. And then Branson was was a big boy causing big problems. Yeah, yeah, and we had four sacks, and I believe at one point we had back-to-back sacks on uh, back-to-back plays, which was just pretty crazy. So uh, you just love to see it out of the defense. Um, one thing that that um, was what stood out to me was just how great the Purdue run defense was uh, allowed just 76 rushing yards on the day uh, that Iowa ran the ball 30 times and only averaged two and a half yards per carry, which the Purdue uh, running game 
averaged 2.6, and we know running is not the strength of this Purdue team. So it was pretty great to see them average less yards uh, per rush than we did. Yeah, Tyler Goodson really couldn't get going all day. He had the one big run on a little cutback, 32-yard gain. And you take that 32-yard gain away, I mean, he pretty much shut them down system. I was, it, it really helped that our offense was doing well because it kept our defense fresh. We didn't have to, if anything, we wore their D. We didn't have to get stuck on the over. But those guys inside, I thought we were really good with our linebacker, blitzing at the right spots, really filling holes, and everyone attacking the ball. And we don't miss many tackles. It's good to see from a defense. It's yeah. we've seen yeah. uh, most of the year. So it, it was just, we really took advantage of Iowa not having a bunch of played the right way again. We had to stop the run, and we didn't. Pretty much any time they were, you know, third and long, the advantage was us. Spencer Petras, not a good quarterback. Yeah, and your your point earlier about the offense allowed the defense to be well-rested, um, the time of possession, Purdue held the ball for 34-46 versus Iowa's 25-14. Um, so, I mean, that's that's a nine-and-a-half-minute difference, and that is, is almost unheard of, especially for a team like Purdue that throws the ball so often. You expect some of those um, three-and-outs or real short drives if they can't get the offense going, but to have over nine-and-a-half more uh, minutes of possession really helped the Purdue defense out. And then to your Spencer Petra's point, I mean, he was only 17 of 32 on the game, so just over 53%. So he was almost at that magical mark that Purdue seems to have of quarterbacks that can't hit 50% of their passes. Um, But, I mean, the defense just looked good everywhere. They were swarming on on the quarterback. And that first interception, you could see three Purdue players in the area. They knew where the ball was going, uh, popped it up in the air, and then we had another player there to to corral it. So it was it was just a great defensive plan to slow down uh, a team that generally is methodical and takes care of the football. And Purdue, again, able to turn them over four times. Um, granted, two of those were in the fourth quarter when Iowa was pressing and really trying to get some points. But it, you'll take them when you can get them. And the fact that Purdue did that is uh, unbelievable. And is yet another thing that we talked about last week. We said if the Purdue defense can get Iowa in third down and long or third down and um, even even a middle distance, it's going to advantage Purdue because Iowa is not really built for big plays on offense. So I don't know who on the defensive staff is listening to us, but they really took our advice to heart. Yeah. Do you know what, Lemon? What's that? For the first time this season, I'm starting to smell some waffles. Oh, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> so for those that don't remember, uh, Casey and Travis have a ongoing bet uh, that if the Purdue football team finishes – 500 or above that means that travis has won the bet meaning that casey will have to spend 24 hours at a waffle house he will then get one hour off his time for every waffle he eats if the purdue football team finishes under 500 that means casey has won the bet and travis will have to do the same thing with purdue football sitting at four and two with uh six games left that means Purdue has to win just two more games for Casey to spend a day at a Waffle House. So what do you think uh, about your chances right now, Casey? I definitely didn't pencil this in as a win. <laughs> no, me either. <laughs> I mean, you feel a lot better about getting two out of four from Wisconsin, Nebraska. Uh, you yeah. lost again. If this is the momentum that it looked like it might be, I, I'll be having waffles. Yeah, and I mean, I Indi- Indiana only has one touchdown in Big Ten play. So uh, their offense has not looked good, and 
IU these most recent years has been known for their offense, you know, their pistol formation and just throwing a bunch of points on the board and then hoping their defense can do enough. And with only having one touchdown thus far in Big Ten play, that's obviously not the case this year. So they're maybe not as scary as they have been these last couple years. Yeah, they're clearly not playing enough quarterback. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Uh, (laughs) So, I mean... I don't really know what else we need to say about this Iowa game other than, you know, Casey and I predicted losses and we look kind of silly, but happy to to me, yeah, I'll look silly anytime Purdue can walk out with a victory, but here's what I will say for those who were like, Oh, I always knew we were going to win this game and (laughs) you know, blah, blah, blah. That is your, that is your Homerism talking. Uh, you know, I would love to be able to believe do you, that. Purdue do you want to bring Travis onto the pod right now to no. tell him to his face? <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I don't have any any shame telling somebody this to their face. <laughs> but in fairness to Travis, he called this like in June. Uh, he does these these uh, write ups in the off season about what to look forward to to each game. And he said if Purdue was going to get an upset this year, it was going to be against Iowa. So kudos to him. I mean, maybe he's the exception to this. But after seeing that Wisconsin game, I don't know how you could sit there confidently and say, yeah, I think Purdue's going to beat this Iowa team with a much better Minnesota defense. Game. Yes, sorry, this Minnesota game and, and say, yes, Purdue's going to beat the much better Iowa team with a better defense and a better offense. So in fairness I mean, to you, there's definitely a chance that after the Wisconsin game, you're going to look back yeah, going, how did true. that happen? That's true, too. So um, I don't want to think about Wisconsin right now. I'm just happy that Purdue is sitting at 25th in the country and we're now four and two, which, you know, it wouldn't have surprised me that for Purdue to be four and two. But I would switch the Minnesota and Iowa game results and then we would be right about where I thought we would be. So it's fascinating to sit with the record that I kind of thought they would have but not with the games I thought they would win. Really hurts that we let that Minnesota game go now. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it'd be a whole different season if you're sitting at 5 and 1. 5 and 1, no loss in the Big 10, probably probably a top 20 rating ranking at uh, that point. Yeah. yeah. We which I don't this defense is for real, so I'm starting to think I, I don't know. If if we're this good, yeah. Why not why not a little Yeah. Um I mean, I I haven't watched enough college football to know if that number 25 ranking is legitimate, if it makes sense. But all I know is we just took down the number two team in the nation. And if that's not worth uh, being thrown up in the rankings, uh, I don't know what is. My guess is that's the first game that a lot of pollsters really paid attention to. And we looked like a top 25 team all set. Yeah, I, it was it was the best this team has looked this year and last year. Um, pr- I mean, honestly, it's probably the best this team has looked since that Ohio State game in 2018. Um, so if if the team can continue to build on this, if Brom can continue to be aggressive and pull these strange three quarterback scenarios out of his hat, um, it's going to be an exciting set of set of games going forward. And uh, Purdue plays Wisconsin next in a you know against a Wisconsin team that has not really been been setting the world on fire. So it's one of those, like I said last week, uh, it's never good when you see Wisconsin on the schedule for Purdue football. And uh, I want to be able to pick Purdue, but man, seeing Wisconsin on that schedule just gives me the willies. Yeah, there are kryptonite. It's going to be another really big test for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to show us if this was just a one game aberration due to Brom just owning Iowa, or if this team truly is beginning to gel and can be much better than we thought they were. The good thing is though, we don't have to think about that game until Wednesday night. That's right. So for now. Everybody just bask in this victory, bask in being uh, ranked for the first time. 
since 2007, September of 2007 was the last time uh, Purdue was in the rankings, uh, and they fell out after they lost a game that week. So uh, I believe the the last time they were ranked, September 30th, 2007, we fell out that first week of October. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> George W. Bush was president the last time Purdue was ranked, and that is wild. Um, but yet here we are now, we're sitting at 25, and I couldn't be happier. Glad to be wrong. So, Casey, unless you've got anything else, I think that's going to do it for us this week. No recommendation from me. We're just going to go out on the high of Purdue football being ranked. Yeah, we just wanted fun football, and we got some. That's right. That's all we can ask for. So uh, we will chat with you middle of the week as we look forward to the Wisconsin game. Thanks for listening, everybody. And boiler up. No more boiler mid. Boiler up. Boiler up. Boiler up.